Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital strategist specialized in corporate and personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Noon Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super, super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your life, make more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help you to connect to your true identity, find your unique value, and become a leading voice in your marketplace. Are you finding it difficult to get anything done these days and be productive? Maybe you are unfocused, unorganized and have unproductive days regardless how much you are determined to get things done. I have been working remotely for the last five years and have created two useful tools for you based on my own routine and how the energy flows to avoid being stuck in inertia and get things done easily. So those two tools are the integrated planning map and the daily productivity calendar. When you are using both tools together, you'll get back in flow in no time. So the integrated planning map will actually be able to provide a variety of daily activity that match the natural energy flow to avoid getting stuck in inertia in the first place. With this planning map, you will be able to choose in the five categories, a list of activities to do every day at the right time to be more productive. With the daily productivity calendar, you'll keep in mind your top project for the month, the week output, that you need to achieve to move towards your monthly goals and also your daily priorities. You are going to have all those on a single sheet of paper. You will also access a daily calendar to plan hourly your task and easily block the time you need to accomplish your most important task. So this simple calendar will help you avoid the overwhelm by having in front of you the most important thing you should focus on at any given time. So to access both tools is simple. You go to francinebelay.com slash planner. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash planner. Today, I have the great pleasure to have on the show Isabelle Meto. She is the CEO and founder of Ellipse, who helps entrepreneurs, professionals, and managers to understand and better master the subtlety of the English language and uh, so that they can better demonstrate their competitiveness and professionalism in the English-speaking world. So her mission is also to encourage, uplift, and empower others to, uh, by showing them their highest value. Hi, Isabel. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It's a real privilege. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. 
Uh, I basically help uh, francophone entrepreneurs, executives, leaders, the uh, break language barriers. So uh, I help them, I, I empower them and I encourage them to be able to take the risks that they need uh, to perfect their language, to gain competency, but also I think my main work is to help them create the confidence required to break the barriers. Mm. Would you say that is often the confidence that they lack most than the skills or what, 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 what will be, will you say the most commonly um, you know, barriers that the francophone yeah. that I am as well <laughs> have actually. Most of the time it's, it's really confidence, uh, as you said, because sometimes people will call me and they say, oh, you know, my grammar is just totally off or I don't have enough vocabulary, but with all the experience that I've had teaching these, these people, that's not it. It's having the, con of course, we need to, to expose them to, to um, we need to increase their competency, but first yes. it starts with confidence and the mindset of, you know, the growth mindset and, and being able to learn and, and to progress is the, the hard work. And then once we've uh, uncovered that and people are, are confident in their capabilities, then the rest is easy. Yeah, yeah. They need to be confident that they know enough of your CV because some people will know a lot but don't have the confidence to just get out there. So you, you obviously work with the competences, but actually you boost their confidence so then they can just use it, right? Because you don't need to be perfect, right? Uh, yeah. You don't need to speak English perfectly to be understood and to get your message across. And here uh, in the French speaking part of Canada, there's so many talented and competent people that need to be seen and heard, uh, but that block themselves because of the language. And it's, it's a really bad excuse because um, if we look at you know, the world population, a lot more people have English as a second language. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> So, I mean, most people will have an accent. Most people won't speak English perfectly. So we need to hear their voice. We need to hear what they, they have to say. And we need to, to, to know what they do. I know, yes. There is a, one of our great uh, entrepreneurs here in uh, the UK, actually, called Sir Alan, Alan um, Sugar. Uh, perhaps you might know uh, the ex-boss, the boss of Amstrad. He calls that export English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> export English. We all speak export English. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. Tell me, Isabel, how did you end up becoming, uh, you know, um, you know, a translator, English translator, and English trainer, or in what you do at the moment? So it's really strange. Uh, when I was really young, my father moved to the English-speaking part of Canada, which is where I learned my English. I was raised uh, uh, in that area. And then when I came back to Quebec when I was about 19, 20, uh, I was doing a degree in physical education and to earn money, uh, I was teaching English to already to entrepreneurs and to people who, who had uh, higher management uh, skills than I did for sure. And at that time, I was like, so I was so surprised that not everybody spoke English and French. And then as time grew, I kind of got sad, you know, seeing that these people were limiting themselves um, so much, uh, limiting themselves, sometimes limiting their, their children. And, and um, I guess that's where it kind of started for me. Uh, and after that, I kind of left uh, English teaching. Once I got my degree in physical education, I 
I, I had four kids, so I had to take a little break. <laughs> and, and then when I came back to the teaching world, um, schools actually sought me out because they thought, okay, you're a phys ed teacher, but you could also teach English and you're very highly qualified, so we'd like you to teach English. Mm. And I started teaching English in, in high schools, in private high schools in the, in the Quebec region. And um, yeah, that's pretty much how it all started my, my interest. Oh, and when I moved here, my first job was for a company called uh, Jali Patterns. They sell patterns worldwide and I translated their patterns. And the woman who hired me, uh, it, you know, it's like she knew what my life mission was before <laughs> I even knew it. She said, you know, you're, you're, uh, you can empower so many people through English. Mm. And that kind of, I probably heard it but didn't hear it until many years later once my yeah. kids were, were grown. And, and probably wow. five years ago was when I really heard it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It got you. Your mission, uh, our mission, even if we ignore it for some time, it come back and catch us again. <laughs> It'll chase us down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, talking about mission, what did you dream about when you were a kid? Uh, did you always, uh, you know, I know that, you know, when your father moved to uh, English-speaking Canada, but uh, before that, what actually kind of job did you want to do when you were a kid? Um, I always had an admiration for athletes. Oh. And so this will sound crazy. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to be a gymnast or a figure skater because I, like, I just could, I admired the discipline that these people had. I admired their, their, their resilience, their courage. Um, and, but what you need to know is that, uh, I was the born with a dislocated hip. So from the age of two, uh, every four years, I had to get major surgery and I had to learn to walk again. And so basically being an athlete was not really yeah. <laughs> in, in the options that I had, but I remember, you know, writing that down and then I either wanted to do that or I wanted to be a nurse and take care of people. Mm. And I, I had also written down, uh, be a teacher. Uh, oh. and I, I guess that was like pretty, you know, I'm 48, so it was probably the very traditional girl yeah. roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wrote also to be a teacher, right? So yeah, which, teacher, uh, which is what you're doing, uh, your teacher. third option. So. <laughs> yeah. so maybe I became like a physical education teacher first to grab the athlete part of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So what do you like, would you say the most about, um, you know, teaching English and what you do at the moment? Um, I think it's uh, empowering people. Mm. When I speak to, to an entrepreneur who feels really uncomfortable about a negotiation he's going to be doing in Toronto or whatever, and I'm able to increase his level of confidence and take him from being frustrated and scared to deal with these people, to understand mm. that uh, when your competitors are attacking your accent, it's because they've got nothing else on you and mm. you're on the right track. You need to push forward. You need, you need to, um, to keep going in, in that direction and mm. uh, not to expect perfection. It's, yeah. it's, uh, you don't need to be perfect to get your message out there. And um, most people uh, will be very comprehensive, very uh, patient um, with you until yeah. you get to the level of competency that you want. But if you block yourself right from the get-go, um, 
you know, you're, you're preventing uh, your light from shining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I love to remind that actually that perfection is not uh, you know, the way to go, actually, just be good uh, enough in what you're doing and just go for it. And then, um, yes, that will be enough for the goal, actually, that you're trying to achieve. That's very important because sometimes, you know, as me too, as a French speaking person, so you just kind of say, well, you know, this is not totally perfect. Even now, I know that I've been living in an English speaking country. My English is not perfect, but I say, hey, is this good enough to empower people? Yes, let's go for it. Yeah. And so that's, that's it. I love yeah. the, I love your, you know, your power, uh, your, your, your podcast. And, um, you know, once I've succeeded in empowering these people, it's also to help them radiate, uh, and show their talent in, in competency in English as much as they do in, in French. So getting their personality across is much more of a challenge than the grammar and the vocabulary. So getting them to watch like um, somebody that looks like, not physically looks like them, but that has their personality in English yeah. and then listening to that person and imitating that person exactly like how kids learn, right? Yes. But once they understand that that's stronger than the yes. grammar rules they're going to yes. learn, um, and, and that's when I see them shine. And that's yes. what I'm really proud uh, of, of what I can see them do because I can yes. think, okay, this person you know, they're funny, they talk fast in French, but that's how they are now in English, you know, I, I want to get them there. Exactly. Yeah, no, that, I think that is very key, actually, because, yeah, sometimes you think, you are thinking about your grammar that you forget about your personality. Yeah. You're, wor you're worrying about, oh, what am I saying, actually? Am I saying this right? Oh, no, 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 this one, this word wasn't right. So, actually, it is so frustrating. I tell you, it is so frustrating because you know what you want to say in your language language and then you can't say that in the language that you are meant to be professional in and then you thought oh how can I come across so how do you you know how do you get people to move to that confident place because I guess that you know how do you do that you know I, I know that I just have to do it myself but as a teacher as a trainer how do you get that to somebody my, um, my biggest challenge would be to help people to stay motivated and to stay in the game. So I do a lot of uh, research on the brain development and, and learning strategies. And so I work really hard on, on helping people create like micro learning and deep learning practices so that uh, because, you know, most people are like crazy busy. They don't have time to do an hour, two hours of homework, but they do have time uh, to discipline themselves to go into a micro 10, 15 minute a day training, but bombarding their brains differently and learning through their ears and not through their eyes. So traditionally people have been taught to learn through their eyes and that was good. Like when I was teaching in high school, that's good for keeping like 36 high school students quiet for half an hour, but it's not good for learning. It, it's not going to do anything to empower you. So learning through your ears and then having those, those conversations. So a training program can look like on Monday, I'm going to be reading out loud for 10 minutes. On Tuesday, I'm going to be listening to an audio book. On Wednesday, listening to the audio book, but pausing it and repeating to get the intonation, the pronunciation. Uh, on Thursday, I'm going to be writing a to-do list and making sure I'm specific in my vocabulary so I can talk about it with my English teacher. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of different uh, strategies, yeah. different ways of, of uh, igniting your brain. Yeah.
yeah, yeah. I think it's important because the 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 old method of just uh, you know when you just have to do one thing again and again um, is really a bit uh, yes. I think it doesn't really work. And I'd I'd also like the way I did mine is also. Uh, just listening to the radio even if you don't understand at the beginning just keep listening because at the moment i think that your brain break that barrier of you not understanding to you understanding and you don't really know how that happened one day i woke up and i could understand everything i said whoa i'm bilingual (laughs) the first strategy is accepting not understanding everything and Mm. taking risks those are the two main strategies that you need to yeah. to accomplish so um and you know sitting down for a three-hour class uh unfortunately that doesn't work either i mean we've all you know when you go to university or whatever like <laughs> honestly the last hour you're almost sleeping through it it's so actually you- sleeping not almost sleeping you are <laughs> sleeping and snoring <laughs> so if you're able to to take 10 minutes and say okay this is i'm going to make it active like taking notes and saying like when and where reading something is one thing, but writing down when and where you're going to use it, it, whether you're learning a language or anything else will, when that moment happens, it activates your brain and then you can use the information that you learned. Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, I that... think working that way instead of the traditional way, mm. um, because everybody, I consider everybody's pretty smart. If I teach you grammar rules, you're going to, learn those and I can test you on those in a few weeks and you'll remember them. But that doesn't mean that in a real life conversation, you'll be able to reproduce what you learned. Yeah. I know that this is an awful question to ask you, but I'm going to ask anyway, how long it will take to somebody (laughs) to learn learn English? (laughs) Um, Oh, it takes kids five years. Um, But for, and, and people think that we learn uh, more slowly than kids, but that's actually not true. Our, our brains are more developed than a child's brain. So it takes about 120 hours to change levels. Uh, so it depends how much time you're investing. So, but you know, if you're investing like, uh, 40 hours in your, like one hour a week, uh, for English classes, and then you're committing to your 10, 15 minutes a day, if you're disciplined, uh, then you've got your 120 hours. So every year you're, you're stepping up a level. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it all depends on your discipline and on your motivation, which is why it's really important. Languages are learned through emotions. So you have to find things that you're going to listen to, like yeah. a podcast, of like a, a book you're going to read that's, that you're, you need, the inf- you want the information that's there. Um, yeah. You won't negotiate. And keeping the time span short, it's like going to the gym. If you get in mm. and you don't know when you're going to get out, it's not going to be very productive. But if you yeah. know you've got like a seven minute workout, damn, you got to, yes, you yes. really yes. have to hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 So keep it active, keep it uh, short and uh, to the point and uh, with, with great emotion. Yes. I love that. So these 120 hours, does that work for anything? So if I want to learn, how to do anything. I can start with 120 hours or it's much more like language. 
Uh, 120 hours is for levels, you know, levels. Yeah. so to learn something, I, I know I've read research mm. that says, you know, a thousand, 10, 000, yes, Gladwell's talk about yeah. the 10,000, <laughs> yeah. that, that is mastery, mastery, really, mastery, yeah, now we are talking about really get to one place to the next, um, I, I think just like, if you, you know, I would challenge you, let's say you're, you're not a drawer, you're not a painter, like, draw or paint for 10-15 minutes every day for a month and I guarantee that the drawing you make at the beginning of the month and the drawings you're going to be making at the end of the month are significantly different yeah uh, and, and I think it's the same thing and it, um, you know obviously I was a gym teacher in a previous life so it's like your your body if you you train four or five times a week at the end of the month, mm. you, there's no avoiding the yes. improvement. You just have to stick with it and be yes. consistent. I yes, think. it is consistency. That is another key secret, actually, that you just shared. Because I think that yeah, usually people just go for some crazy thing for two hours. And then for one week, they don't do anything. And then they come back again. And two, three hours. Boom, and then... The, Yes, it's just small, 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 small um, improvement every single time is better than, you know, crazy, you like know. Tiny changes can make, can give you remarkable results. Yeah. It's like the, you know, an airplane, if you deviate it, it's like 1%, yeah. you're heading to a whole new destination. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we have to appreciate the process yeah. of learning and taking it one step at a time and, you know, 10 minutes at a time and trusting the process, trusting that if you do that every day, you're, you're improving. You're, you're, I mean, you might not ever become perfectly bilingual, but is that the objective or is yeah. the objective yeah. being Holding, able to uh, your yes, communicate exactly <laughs> and being understood and understand that's all that's all it's all about uh tell me isabel um what is one thing that people don't know about you um i think i, I touched on it a little bit earlier but um i'm part titanium so i what? have a artificial hip <laughs> oh yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, what did you say you have half uh your your hip half a hip or uh, what, it's a what, total what? total hip total, total hip yeah but so, do you have to change it all the time or that's there forever uh in my case because i i have such a small bone structure my doctors said i would have to be really careful because i'm not going to be able to get a new one i would probably uh, end up in a wheelchair because the my bone structure is too small to to have another one. Uh, but for some people, it's possible to have more than one hip replacement uh, in their lives. I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, very trendy. I don't think no, it happens yes. very often, but uh, mm. yeah, so I have, to be, I have to be careful, but I, I like to make jokes about it. And sometimes uh, uh, when I get this question. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long have you had it for now? Um, 16 years. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. So, and then you don't feel it. It's just like, um, you don't uh, feel anything. You just, no, it's you just so go. Much better because before, uh, you know, I was in constant pain, so I couldn't tie my shoes. It was difficult to, for me to sit down and play with my kids, uh, going shop. Like I, I must be the only woman on earth who hates shopping, but 
that wasn't pleasurable for me mm. because I would have to recuperate for two weeks after because it was too too painful to walk like wow. on the cement and mm. uh, so no now uh, I mean I uh, I do a lot of road biking I do yoga uh, mm. I just feel like I'm a new person <laughs> wow that is awesome wow that's that's wow that's beautiful so what would you say is your superpower then um so I think I have, uh, so resilience des definitely uh, would be one of them. But uh, in my professional life, I think my superpower is that I'm a connector and an empowerer. Mm. I, I love to connect people um, so that they can do business together mm -hmm. uh, or so they can mutually benefit from, from getting to know each other. And, and I think what I do with my students is the, the empowering part um, is what I do best. Mm, that's lovely. Connectors. That, that, that's a great skill, a great uh, um, superpower. Now <laughs> let's talk about meaningful work, meaningful life. So when did you realize who you are and what you are meant to do in life? If this happened, perhaps it hasn't happened, perhaps it happened, but tell me. Uh, no, I think it, I think it has happened because, um, when I started my business five years ago, um, I, I started teaching these entrepreneurs and then I started seeing how these very powerful men and women that I perceived as being very powerful were so vulnerable and mm -hmm. so um, like they didn't have confidence and they didn't have the courage and how little old me was able to, to bring that to them. And I thought, okay, this, this is where, because I had been a teacher in, in schools before, mm. but I, I had, I never felt that helpful. Mm. I never felt that I, I, of course I felt that I was contributing and that, that I was helping, but this was on another level, like to see grown men cry after a meeting and tell me, Oh my God, you would not believe what happened. And, uh, I don't know. It just, uh, it was very, um, motivating for me mm. to, to feel that, yeah, no, that's great. Yes. So uh, when you saw your, the impact that you have uh, yeah. uh, in somebody's life, yes, that's, that's really great. So what would you say you struggle with the most in life? So it's really strange. I teach self-confidence. I teach confidence. I teach empowerment. And I think that's what I've struggled with the most is yeah. like feeling that I'm not enough. And so maybe that's where the, uh, the being on, uh, you know, on my life mission occurred is when I realized that even though I wasn't filled with self-confidence that I could actually instill that in other people mm. kind of boomeranged and gave me self-confidence. And uh, like, it was kind of like a, a vicious circle that was created or, mm. or a glorious circle, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, energy cycle that was um, generated from that. Mm. Mm. And then by you seeing that you are able then to empower other people, then it gave back those, that confidence back to you. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, that's really awesome because I don't know if uh, it, this is a, like somebody, this is the saying, saying that um, if you can't do it, teach it. <laughs> and by teaching, <laughs> you will get, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly the, the kind of phrase that goes with that. But yes, yeah, so that's interesting. And uh, I've seen that happen with a lot of people, including myself as well. Um, mm. Something that we struggle with the most when we actually take that regardless and then just put our, our, ourselves 
out there just by a leap of faith, not because we are confident of anything. Like <laughs> I saw one of my guests on the podcast saying that he's really shy and he can't put himself out there. I say, really? I am too, but I just bypass my thinking and just go and do it anyway. And then when you go there and you get that feedback once, you know that you are able to do that, then you go back again and then you do that. It's kind of self-reinforcing. So, but if you stay in your place because you can't do something and then you don't, you know, go and do it anyway, I think that is, um, that book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yes. I think that is the best thing to do, actually. When you feel something, um, you are, uh, you know, you, you're afraid of something. I think that is the best indication to go and do it anyway. <laughs> do it. Yeah, for sure. And I read somewhere that, you know, when you, when you say you're shy or whatever, it's actually being a little bit egotistical and you're uh, thinking of yourself because if you think of serving others and then you, you can't be shy because you, you have to bring your special gift to other people. So yes. Yes. Uh, uh, so whenever I think I'm shy, I'm thinking, oh, no, I, I have to say yes to this because if not, it's like keeping stuff to myself. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's great. So tell me, what would you say was one of your, the low points that you've got until you get some aha moment that changed the course of your life? Um, I think it was five years ago, I, uh, uh, I uh, got a divorce and I have four kids. And so I, I hit a really, really low point at that time. And my self-confidence was pretty much <laughs> mm. uh, non-existent. And I believe we have a lot of pivotal people and pivotal moments uh, in life. And uh, my grandma always said, uh, we're blessed by the gods. And so when I was going through this tough time, I was like, I, I kept telling that to myself, like I'm born for happiness and I'm blessed by the gods. And that's when I took, you know, how crazy it is. I took the decision at that time. I thought, okay, if I'm going to be on unstable financially, mentally, psychologically, why not start my own business? Because that I don't have anything else to lose. Yes. And so <laughs> Everybody thought that I was going crazy, but there's something in me. Like I had read the book, Napoleon Hill, um, What yeah, You Can Think and Grow Rich. You Can Achieve. And I really, really believed those words. So I thought, okay, uh, I'm going to do this. And everybody was scared for me. They were like, Is that Ben? You just bought your house. You have four kids. You're leaving like a steady job with a pension plan. And what's wrong with you? And uh, I knew that I couldn't fail. I can't explain. Uh, and then it felt like when I say I'm blessed by the gods, it felt like um, I met all the right people at the mm. right time who were there to support me, to guide me. Um, some of them were even some of my clients. They were entrepreneurs and I was teaching them English, but they didn't know. But by the questions I asked them, they were teaching me to build my business. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. You were talking in English, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So some of them became very good friends and, and mm. they were mentors of, of mine, but um, that's how it all began. And why did I meet those people at that time? I yeah. don't know, but I just kept th saying, you know, thank you universe. Thank you. This is like, this is exactly what I need when I need it. Yeah. No, that's uh, beautiful. Really. We again have to trust that things will turn up you know, the, the right way, actually, when we go through, uh, you know, very bad moments, sometimes 
when you always look, there's always something good from that. It, it's tough when we're going through it, obviously. But when you, we look in hindsight, we can really definitely see some pivotal moments that uh, we've been through, actually. So when actually you um, uh, look back at your childhood, how would you say has prepared you to be who you are today? Uh, so this is funny. My parents were actually born in Quebec, which is the francophone speaking part of Canada. And when I was very, very young, they moved to Alberta, the Anglophone speaking part of Canada. And um, so right off the bat, I think I was blessed with having parents that could take risks. Parents who had a dream, they wanted their daughters to be bilingual. Uh, uh, parents that weren't scared of the unknown and were willing to accept because my parents didn't speak uh, English when they went to when they got to Alberta. Wow. Um, <laughs> How did they manage then? <laughs> uh, you know what? They just they they did it. They 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 got in there and <laughs> uh, my mom my mom was a hairdresser. My my dad was a car mechanic. Uh, when they were 40 years old, they both went back to school and my, my mom became a secretary in, in schools and my dad uh, created his own business. So I think I was blessed with like the example that you can take risks and, and, and get good results. And, uh, you know, I think on the, I remember I was four years old, we were on the plane and not on the plane, on the train to move to uh, Alberta. And we were going to be on that train for a week, four days. And there was a little girl my age. And uh, my mom said, well, you know, she's just as shy as you are to come and speak to you. So if you don't go there and talk to her and smile to her and be nice to her, you're just both going to spend four miserable days where <laughs> we could be playing together. And I think that's where I learned to smile at strangers and to make them my friends, and, which which is part of my superpower, you yeah. know, connecting people and empowering yeah. people. So I think I learned all of that uh, just by watching my parents, my parents' uh, resilience and perseverance. Wow, yeah. that's beautiful. Yes, that totally <laughs> prepared you, actually. So now let's talk about money. So um, let's dive a little bit into, you know, what you work and, um, you know, how you work also online. This is um, something, um, how does it work for you to uh, work um, and deliver your work online, using online and uh, with your English classes? Uh, walk us through, you know, how you organize those things. So I have a, a platform and it's a little bit like going to the Apple store. So um, first off, I, I meet people virtually, like exactly like we're doing today. And uh, I interview them and I, I find out, you know, about their needs, their challenges, their objectives. And then I match them with teachers that would be most likely to, to be able to cater to those needs. Um, and so then they get passwords and they can access my, my platform and um, choose the, the, the teacher that's right for them and the time that's right for them as well. So it, I think for me, the intention behind that was to create a beautiful world, um, a, a flexible world for everybody. So it's very flexible for the students who are often really busy people um, yeah. and who could be across the globe. Yeah. Um, and for my teachers, 
they're very grateful that they can choose their schedule every week. They can, like, if they've got a doctor's appointment, it doesn't really matter. They just block that time off yeah. and that's fine. Um, if they want to be working on the weekend, they open that they time slot. Yeah. So the intention was to create a perfect uh, work life for them mm. um, and also cater to all the needs of, of my students. Mm. So that's the, um, the regular teaching platform. And then personally, I organize masterminds. Uh, so I've got in-person masterminds, but I've also got online masterminds where we meet as small groups of entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. we talk about the real real challenges that are, you know, we'll talk about leadership, about yeah. marketing, negotiating. So but when all this thing is like people who are looking to practice English as well, yeah. or yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, it's absolutely, yeah. it has to be, uh, your intention exactly. has to be to perfect your, yeah. mm -hmm. your English, but because you're talking about things that are important to you, you're linking the learning to your emotion and, and that's how it's going to stick. Wow, that's yeah. beautiful. Is there some time that um, in online, there has, has there been some time that you have refused to um, accept some people in your programs or in, uh, you know, your classes? Did you have any kind of encounter that way? <laughs> um, you know, people have to pay before they start the, the, the program. So I haven't had to refuse anybody uh, that way. Uh, I have had, you know, uh, of course, like on LinkedIn or whatever, sometimes we get some very strange requests, which I, you know, kind of ignore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess fine. that I understand what those requests are. Yeah, okay. So, but there wasn't any situation where you thought, okay, this person is not somebody I can help. Uh, you know, and uh, therefore, you know. So my expertise isn't necessarily with beginners, but I do have uh, teachers on my team who are experts at that, who are really, really good. So uh, basically, I think anybody can learn. Anybody can, can, can progress. So no, we, we never decline anybody who's uh, willing to, to give it a try yeah 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 what would you say are the real benefit for you being able to work online i hope that i, I suppose that there are tons of benefits but can you spell those benefits for us uh, you know to be able to really organize using all this technology especially now in this uh, you know uh the time that we are in where so many people are confined in their places um for you what are the benefits would you say of working online um, so for a lot of my clients, because they're so busy, uh, they don't have to greet me into their office or, and we don't have to move around, you know, with, a, a, our, especially here in Canada. I mean, there's a lot of snow here. There's a lot of ice. <laughs> uh, it can be, uh, you know, can last minute cancellations or whatever. We can avoid a lot of that. And for learning as well, like for some, you know, we were talking about frequency and duration for some students when they're beginners, I prefer that they do. 15 minutes a day with one of my teachers mm. online than two hours on Saturday, mm. you know? Yeah. So uh, technology allows that. Uh, whereas meeting in person, I wouldn't go to somebody's uh, office for 15 minutes. <laughs> You'll drive two hours to go and two hours to come just for 15 minutes. Yes, definitely. And it, it also allows me to get the highest quality teachers possible. Like I've got um, an amazing teacher. He lives in Costa Rica. Most of my teachers are from Quebec City. 
but I do have a few that are from Toronto. And so it means I'm not limited. Uh, I can have access to the best talent as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's awesome, actually. So um, now, um, you, the, one of the questions I always ask people is, um, just before I do that, so is there any other challenge, for example, of uh, working online? Is there some, you know, part that you don't like uh, uh, working online? Um, sometimes, um, you know, especially in a mastermind or whatever, when it's possible for us to at least meet once in person to get the personal vibe, it's really, uh, interesting. But if not, you know, I have students that I've been teaching like for two years in Montreal. Uh, one I met at Christmas time, but we had never seen each other in person for two years. And, and when I saw her, I was like, oh my God, Joanne, you're so much shorter than I thought. You know, she, I thought she was really tall and, uh, <laughs> you know, but we became, I mean, I think the energy still goes through just like you and I at the beginning, you know, when, when yeah. we talk to each other at first, I mean, our bookcases look alike, exactly. <laughs> we read the same books and we can get that just from, from the online part, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it just reminded me because me too, for the last five years, I've been working mostly online. And uh, there was a, one of these organizations also who've been working for like many, many months, like um, I think almost a year. We never met, but we're always like, you know, if we knew each other for like uh, years. And then we met exactly like you. I said, oh, it was so funny to kind of see each other in person and, and just yeah. how tall or short anybody is uh, because yes when you are off online that's also the beauty of that online also you know you don't really need to know if somebody is short tall or whatever <laughs> you just accomplish your goal right and uh, i think that's what is beautiful as well so you don't lose time <laughs> so I, I i forgot but i've also got like a the translation firm so that's all online as well and i don't think we could do it any other way i mean mm. how practical is it for people to like drop their their documents into our application and get a word count and get the the, the quote and, and that's it just very very easy yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, so now the question uh, in the money part is that sometimes people don't actually uh, have a, 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 a job that they love, but they don't get paid well for it. Or sometimes they have a lot of money, but don't really necessarily love what they um, do. So my question is that a question asambal <laughs> is um, how can anybody do both what they love and get paid well for it from your own perspective? Um, I think that it's, it, it's probably a process. Like I, at the beginning uh, of my business five years ago, I think I was like charging way too low for my yeah. services. And I didn't uh, like my mental equivalency yeah. was very low. I didn't yeah. understand the value I was bringing to other people. And at one point I got very discouraged because as a single mom, four kids, uh, I came to a situation where I had to sell my house. And every time I thought about selling my house, I would get extremely sad and, and, and anxious. And my cousin gave me the best advice ever. And she said, stop focusing on selling your house and start focusing on getting your business bigger. And then she took me through the numbers and she said, 
the rate you're charging, of course, you're never going to get your, you're never going to be able to keep your house. So let's start with the end in mind. What's the objective? Keeping your house, how much do you need to keep your house? And then that'll give us the rate that you need to be charging. And I'll always remember the first time I, I was uh, in, in a, a, a businessman's office and he asked me what my rate was and, and I was taking it like to the next level. And if, if a hole could have swallowed me up, I, I would have opened the trap willingly. I must have been purple in the face. And the man just looked at me and he says, yeah, I'll sign for four hours the year. And I'm like, and what? then you were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it happened to all of us. <laughs> and then, you know, it took my mental equivalency to the next level. And then I'm um, asking my clients also, like, uh, what, why are you hiring me? What is, you know, what are you getting from our exchanges together? Because some people were like almost bilingual. And I was like, how come they keep calling me? And how come I keep, you know, and they, and they would explain the added value that I brought to their business and to their confidence level and to their, just their business reflection sometimes by the questions I would ask. And some of them told me like, you're my, my, not my quiet moment, but my moment where you're, I know you're going to challenge some of my business decisions and, you know, it'll take me elsewhere. Mm. And, and so, and then people started telling me you're not charging enough you're not charging. So when people start telling you that, you got to listen. <laughs> of course, <laughs> course you got to listen. <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's gradual. I've, I've done business with people who, who didn't have a lot of experience, who were very smart, very brilliant at what they did, but they wanted to charge like the high ticket price right away. Yeah. And I still believe that you have to prove your value and, and get straight on your mission and get straight on what you're doing. And then once you've got some, mm. some backup to say mm. you're doing a good job yes. then, but I don't believe in, in, in being like the, the yeah. high ticket yeah. price. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah, that's great advice. Yes. Uh, show your value first and then you can uh, charge, but also work on your mindset because sometimes you can undercharge what's actually, and I also love your uh, tip. And I also do that usually to people when they say, I don't know really my uniqueness or what made me unique. Why should people hire me rather than somebody else? I always say, go and ask your clients because you, you will hear from them. You will hear why they or what they get out of your, you know, interaction, your service, because they are the best people to put that. And the words that they use, you can use the exact same words. So this is a very, very great uh, advice actually to um, tell people, listen to your clients when they are saying listen listen and listen i think that and, is and it feels great. good honestly because you um sometimes you hear things that you don't put a value on because it's easy for you yeah um yes. but it's of added value to someone else for whom it's not easy like for me taking for granted when i moved here that everybody spoke english yeah. it was easy Yes. And then realizing, oh my God, it's yes. like hell for a lot of these people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. What's easy for me is the value to them. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's where the trap is. Usually when we love and we, we do naturally what we do, we just take it for granted. And then we don't feel that is any special until we get the value through the eyes of um, whoever is requesting that. Yeah. So I think that is a very, very key, actually, in my pillar number, actually, two, um, is when you understand your expertise, then you lead with the audience, your audience need to, you need to match that to your audience, because the expertise by itself is not enough. If there's no demand from your um, audience, you know, if they are not valuing that, so you need to be have that expertise that is both valued by your client. Um, yeah, that's a very good tip, actually. Let's now talk about movement. Um, which movement are you leading or would like to lead or be part of? I'm not leading uh, a movement as the, per se right now. My, my daughter would say I'm definitely a girl power. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I do want to join. Um, so I, I was, last year I was part of a, a group called uh, Leadership au Féminé, uh, oh, which works for, yeah. particularly for women. And yeah. um, I, I have a student and a good friend of mine. Uh, I think I, I mentioned her uh, to you um, earlier. Her name yeah. is Sophia Conde and she um, she's starting uh, a movement to empower um, African women but not only African women I think it will be uh, aimed at women in general and she's asked me to participate in in uh, in creating this and I think it's of high interest to me because um, I I only have one daughter I have four kids but only one daughter and uh, I just it, and being a, a women in business as well, I know uh, we're getting closer and closer to having balance, but I can still see that it's there are things that are tougher for women and for girls that, than they are for yeah. men. That's just yeah. reality. And yeah. I think a lot of women, um, you know, will doubt themselves. And, and I know that because I've been there and I, I, yeah. I um, you know, I have people in my environment that are like that and there's, there must be a way for us to yeah. feel more empowered mm-hmm. um, because we have a lot to bring to the table. Yeah. 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 Yes. We are... in shadows isn't going to help anybody. Totally. Yes. Uh, we are getting there, as you say, but uh, the figure, the stats are still there. It will take 80 years if you are still going at this rate to get to anything closer to parity, 80, 80 years. So that means that we are not very there yet, really. <laughs> and yes, leadership of Femina is going to be great. So yes, I'd love to know about that, actually, <laughs> and how it developed, actually. So that's super. How would you want to be remembered for, Isabel? Um, I think I want to be remembered as a solution finder, um, somebody who isn't afraid to try new things and, uh, somebody who's very resilient, somebody who doesn't, uh, give up. Mm. Um, and tied to that, I, I think, uh, I, I want to be remembered, um, as a person who was able to empower others and help others believe that, you know, sticking to something and not giving up. Uh, is all part of the process mm. whether it's it's you know learning personal development or learning a language or mm. learning how to ski whatever you're 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 trying to accomplish um, mm. you, you have to make it to that mindset yeah 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 so what did you learn from all your experiences that you most want to transmit to others uh, resilience 
Resilience, yes. The yes. Resilience is great. Yeah. So I think, I think it's like, really um, powerful. You know, I think everybody falls down. We all, we all get our face muddied and stuff, but recognizing that, okay, it's time to get back up and dust yourself off and, and move on. There are trillions of other mm. directions. Just choose one and move. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and stuff will happen if you, you know, um, energy goes where, uh, where your focus is. So mm. you, yeah. You, uh, yeah, resilience. So I would say pick yourself up and, and, and go. get over it. <laughs> get over it. That's super. So <laughs> if your life was a film or a book, which title would it be? Uh, something like own it or um, I, I'm a strong believer in taking responsibility for yourself, for your yeah. choices, but own it also because uh, like step into your power. I think it's, it's double minded, like take responsibility, but also recognize your power and step into it and, and yes. recognize uh, how great you are. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I love that. Step into your power. <laughs> I love that title. So, um, what is now your definition of meaningful work and a meaningful life? Um, I read somewhere, I can't remember where, but that um, you need to be progressing and contributing. And if you're not in that space, if you're not progressing, contributing, learning, you're slowly dying. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that would yeah. be... Yeah, you'll want to be keeping, le keep learning, um, keep learning, right? And I think being being a leader is serving. So as long as you're serving, as long as you're contributing, mm. that's kind of like a big wheel that keeps on yeah. on turning. Um, a lot of things come back to you, and not only money. Um, yeah, of course, <laughs> yes. that's part of the game, but. It, the more you serve, the more you contribute. Yeah. You're progressing, you're learning. Um, and for me, that's having a meaningful life and meaningful work. Cool. Now, last piece of guidance. Uh, anything else that you want to add uh, for our listeners to live a meaningful life? I think it's the same. Uh, <laughs> it really ties back to a lot of stuff that we've been saying, but that Failures are just an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. like learning is our superpower. Um, so we, we have to keep that mindset. And, and learning doesn't necessarily mean doing something to perfection. It means progressing every yes. little step that you're taking. So, yeah. I love that. I love learning is not necessarily perfection, but taking the small steps. I love that one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So now, is there any resources that listeners who absolutely know about um, to live a meaningful or, you know, do meaningful work and live a live meaningful life? So one of uh, the books that I'd like to talk to you about is uh, a book written by a woman that lives uh, in Montreal, very close her name is Dr. Andrea Divanaka, uh, and she wrote a book uh, titled Vitality, uh, Life and Leadership Insights to Allow You to Thrive. That's super. He, she's created a, a big business uh, to help employees create happiness at work, uh, and, and her insights in her, the way uh, she's bringing her own dream to life and moving it forward uh, is very inspiring. Uh, I also uh, read the book A Mindset by Carol Dweck. 
So yeah. she takes you like from the growth mindset, a uh, uh, fixed mindset yeah. to the growth mindset, but it's very uh, inspirational for like leaders and entrepreneurs and parents and just anybody, uh, uh, you know, once you've understood how to shift your own mindset, I think that's pretty powerful. Yes, and, um, I, I need to reread that because I read it. I don't know if I finished that actually. I need to reread it totally. So we have, we share quite a lot of uh, great books actually. <laughs> I love that. So thank you so much, uh, Isabel. So uh, for being on this show today, it was a great, great pleasure to have you. And uh, really, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, getting uh, <laughs> to understand uh, what you are up to and uh, really empowering all those people with English language uh, and uh, it was really a great pleasure to share all your knowledge and wisdom. Um, thank you I was really excited and thrilled to, to meet you as well I just find technology so amazing that we're able to almost sit in the same room while we're at other ends of the world it's truly uh, amazing and have so many things in common I mean again <laughs> I'm very blessed <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> if you are ready to discover how to develop your unique value and become a leading voice in your industry in today's fast-moving marketplace, make more money and make a bigger impact, I invite you to book a call with me today to discuss your objectives at francinebelli.com slash call. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E. B-E-L-E-Y-I dot com slash call. Thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work and Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast with all the references and the resources shared on this show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Make sure also you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and leave me an honest review because it will mean that I will be able to touch more people who are going to be able to see this podcast in front of them. I will see you next week for another brand new episode of this season six. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.